welcome to RSF, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Episode 26 of the Revolutionary Sports Front, and what a long weekend, to say the least. Uh, if you're a football fan, it was bittersweet. Uh, I tend to be on the bitter side. We got a lot to talk about today. There's really no time for games. We're going to be concise, we're going to be calculated, and we're going to be moving fast, but we're going to cover every single thing that's important. Um, joined by a full team, Gerard to my right, Tony to my left, Joe via Skype, we're going to be moving fast today, people, so keep up with us. we got UFC talk. Um, we got hockey preseason Joe's going to educate us about. we got the Lions and that disaster that happened. Jerry's probably excited about it. Michigan State and that atrocity. Notre Dame, we're going to get into it all. Um, before we get going, I do have to give a shout-out um, to an avid listener. I promised this gentleman that I would give him a shout-out. His name is Joe Sawicki. Um, he listens to the show on a regular basis. He's a proud father. He's a hard worker. He's a husband. Um, he loves the show. He loves pro football, and he loves um, and he loves hockey. So he's going to be excited to hear what Joe has to say later on in the episode. So shout out to you, Joe. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, we appreciate you, and uh, this is the reason we do it is for is for listeners like you and and everybody else. But um, we're going to start off with the Lions, guys. Uh, not pretty. If you're a Lions fan, okay. You know, by the time you could pretty much blink your eye or crack your first beer. You know, you're down by 28. Um, if you're Jerry, you're loving life. You know, they managed to make a rally. They managed to, uh, to make it a game. But when it came, to, uh, it came to push or shove, you know, they couldn't stop them. And we lost. Some might argue we should be 0-3. I argue we should be 2-1. We faced the Bears next week, but we lost. And there's no getting around it. We have to talk about it a little bit. And as much as I hate doing this, I will kick it to the gentleman to my right, and I will let him do his thing a little bit. And you can talk about the hate that Rodgers was receiving. Um, he kind of proved that to be a little bit wrong, at least in the first half with four touchdowns in a matter of minutes. Break it down. You go ahead and lead the show, Gerard, and everybody, welcome. All right, first of all, I'd like to give a shout-out to our latest sponsor, NBA 2K17, Dicks Out for Harambe Edition. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to start. Last week, I was hearing a lot of chatter about, oh, is Rodgers done? Is he on the decline? First of all, I don't know how a man who's made the playoffs every year since 2009 can be on the decline. Okay, I mean, real quick, we're not starting with that. Just let's talk about the game. You can get into that and at least give us 30 seconds before you start getting into all that. Well, I was setting myself up. Okay, I think, well, go ahead. I think he heard the criticism all week, and I think he had came out with something to prove, and I think the reason why I didn't do anything in the second half was because he didn't need to. And, I mean, they didn't have the ball that much. They ran the ball a bunch of times in the second half. Eddie Lacy actually was second in the league in carries this week. But to, you could see on the second touchdown to Jordy Nelson where he put it in the pocket right over the cornerback, put it right into his hands. He headbutted his uh, lineman, TJ Lang, afterwards and says, I'm back. So, I mean, I think we saw what everybody's been waiting for and Rodgers finally came of age. And if it wasn't for a soft Dom Capers defense, I don't think it would have been that competitive of a game. They give two uh, – why don't I mean it looked like high school plays out there playing a oh. uh, pro team with uh, oh. Demarius Randall falling down on two long Marvin Jones scores? 
Or Gerard, that, that kind of goes back to what we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago about Michigan State Notre Dame, right? Shoddy, that, that, shoddy that third on this, by the way. At the end of the game, right? Go ahead, Joe. Shoddy third. Yeah, I'm it was, I, third. I would put a little different on this. Michigan State, I think, didn't want to show in their playbook. Uh, the Packers just wanted to get to the end, and they were up, was, I believe, 31-3 to when they gave up the touchdown before halftime. You know it was 31-3. to Okay, so it was 31-3, to and then it's third and long. And we're going to third and long problems when we get to Michigan State-Wisconsin, but they give up a 77-yard bomb to Marvin Jones where he just gets to run untouched the end zone. And I don't I honestly don't I get that they don't want to ruin the coaching staff midway through the season. I think they might have they think they have a playoff contender, but I think it's the Dom Capers error I called for last week and I think I had to call for it again. You can't give up these just There's no reason not to be having two high safeties when you play the Lions. I think they went with a defense where they thought they would uh, make Matthew Stafford fit into holes, and he did for the most day. The seams were open. They gave up three third and 11s in one drive to the Lions. Ended up missing a field goal on it, but it's just Dom Keeper's defense isn't working, but their offense is beginning to click, so I think there's going to be big things. You just need to get Sam Shields back and start leaving his safety high because Demarius Randall just can't do it down the sideline. Okay. So I, Go ahead, or, Joe. Go ahead. Okay. So I, I really have, like, two things, and uh, – I'm going to play it pretty pretty neutral here, but I, I really want to focus on the Lions because I, I honestly thought the Packers. I, I unfortunately I didn't get to see the game. I don't know why it wasn't aired. I, I thought I always think those games are pretty pretty solid matchups. But uh, so here's the thing: I thought the Packers played pretty well. I mean, the score indicates it. The score at one point really indicated it. Sometimes you just got to look at the scoreboard uh, and just realize that the Packers played pretty damn well, at least offensively. Um, and, and if you're the Lions. Uh, right now, number one, something I noticed um, that Marvin Jones is, is turning out to be all right. That that pickup, what what a what a great pickup! Not not he's not Megatron. He'll never be Megatron. He'll probably never match the numbers of Megatron. But it was a responsible move by the Lions, and right now he's he's fitting in just fine. Number two is the Lions moving forward. Looking at their schedule earlier today, um, they better figure it out. Because there's some teams right now in the NFC that are doing pretty decent so far. And I know it's only three games and injuries happen. And, and they might get some decimated uh, areas to their, their teams where the Lions can exploit them. But number one, the Lions, are, are they better turn on offense and be willing to get into some shootouts if that's how they're going to play out the year. They cannot fall behind. And they better be willing to, uh, to, to sling you know arm for arm with teams. And, and, and you know to caveat on that... Is their defense better figure out a way to you know create create some havoc for other teams because they they just can't not they, they can't they can't do that I know they're short on personnel but come up with a scheme come up with something you, you better start blitzing uh, you know until the cows come home if you want to be competitive for the rest of the season I don't know how long Ziggy's out for I don't know how long Levy's out for but uh, the Lions have got some work to do there's too much talent on that team to. Um, to, to post up another shitty record this year. Well, think, nobody uh, one and two. I agree with Frank. I don't think one and two is very indicative. Uh, it's impossible, but they, they look like more of a 500 team right now. Um, but it's, it is a long season. They, they got, they got a lot of time left, but um, right now the lion, the lions have a little too much to be, to be a one and two team right now. Well, look, you made a lot of good points, and I'm not used to going third, so you guys covered a lot of ground in, in a short amount of time. But look, um, you're right about the personnel thing, and Jerry, you know, everything, you got to swallow the pill, man. The Packers won the game. They came out hot. They were 
dominating the first half, and the Lions they they sh- they showed some good signs, but it was just too little, too late. And when push came to shove, they couldn't they couldn't get it done, and it was devastating. And you know you can talk about the record; it's one and two. Like I said, I I argue they could be two and one. It could have gone either way, but at the same time. It's the NFL. Games are decided like that. It could go either way. You look at teams like the Packers played the Jaguars, and they lost a close one again. It, teams could be 3-0 and or 0-3. That's all well and good. And you mentioned Shields and the injuries with the Packers. You know, we have ours too. No one knows what's going on with Ziggy or Levy because we don't get much out of Caldwell. He gets a lot of hate. Let me, let me go. He gets a lot of hate, but you don't get much out of anybody. He thinks he's Belichick, but he doesn't have – nearly the the cachet or the hardware to to be acting the way he does sometimes even though I don't hate him as much as a lot of the people do here locally and and maybe even nationally as well but look the Lions um look even without the injuries Ziggy and and Levy are gone that's two top that's two top killers for our defense gone Slay's got to step it up he's healthy I didn't I don't hear anyone questioning him he gave up some plays the defense you're right needs to step up they need to adjust Hopefully we can get those guys back soon, but it's not going to fly. It's just not. And as far as the offense goes, yeah, they look pretty good in the second half, and they're down 31-3. to And you talk about vanilla and things like that. I don't think that was the case, especially in the yeah, pros. I wasn't talking about that. Yeah, I don't that think it's – you can talk that in college. Yeah, but they, they don't, that doesn't fly in the pros. They, they had a nice late touchdown at the end of the half, to the 77-yard you referenced to Jones. Touchdown, get ball at half, scored again. And that was a whole different ball game in the second half. As much as you want to dance around, it was. But the Packers won. So that's what happened with the Lions. They got a lot of questions to answer. The good news is um, there's, two, there's good news and there's bad news. Good news. Season. The good news is, yeah, it's a long season, and we're also playing the Bears this week without Cutler, who sucks anyways, and we're going to win. I, I'll guarantee you that we will win. We will be 2-2. Two two. Packers will go on a bye. Minnesota's winning games. Um, we'll need them to lose one. At the end of the day, I mean, I hate playing this card, and I ripped on Gerard for it for doing it with Michigan State in the college level last week. But it's a long season. You got to win your division. You got to think about, you know, it's, you're not going to go 16 and 0. You're not going to, you know, go 14 and 2 unless, you're, unless something crazy happens. We got to think strategically. Got to get healthy. Got to win games. And I'm not, you know, there's been a lot of dead silence. If you listen to any local radio shows, any local media. You hear a lot of Lions fans being silent. There's just deaf, deafness. You don't hear anything. But I'm not giving up yet. You can ask Jerry He watched, and Tony. We watched that game, and I wasn't being a homer or a slappy. In that game when we were down 31-3, to I had some confidence that we were going to come back and make it a competitive game, and it wasn't just, just me being a, being a dumbass. It was me believing it. There's talent there. There was talent against Tennessee, which we gave it away. There was talent uh, in, in both losses. And there was talent in the win. And we got to get it together, man, or else Caldwell's gone and she's going to be another, another like, like Joe said, another mediocre or half-assed season. But I'm not giving up just yet. We'll be 2-2, two and two and we move on. That's the positive take. The negative is what pretty much what you guys said before I came on and started spouting. I mean, I would think that – I don't want to point out too many negatives because the Packers won, but like uh, that drive for a halftime, that's not going to happen on 29 out of 32 NFL teams where you just don't have any safeties. If you try the Patriots, you're down 31-3. to It's just not going to happen where a cornerback falls down and Marvin Jones gets to run untouched to the end zone. And, and talk about well, other injuries. F- it's a pro and another, team. And another negative for the last, I mean, an example, Clay Matthews was out. Nick Perry stepped up. He actually had like one and a half sacks and he had a couple tackles for losses, took a bad 15-yard penalty. But that's that. the Lions aren't as deep as these other teams. And I think that's going to hurt them down the stretch as compared to people like the Packers that have a Perry or a Peppers that can step up. 
off the bench. And even Paul, uh, some rookie got his first sack. Can uh, Freckle or Crackle, something like that is his last name. I can't I pronounce have no it. Idea. He's a white kid out of like San Diego State. He got his first sack of the season. But and then at the end of the game, when you're it's thirty-one to seventeen, and they or the yeah thirty-one to seventeen, and the Lions absolutely need to score. Micah Hyde drops deep, but only drops fifteen yards off the line. And they give a free runner to Marvin Jones. That's not going to happen against most teams. And I want to say one thing about the Packers, and it's not a shot because, like I said, I can't, I can't stretch it enough. You won, but if you want to talk, if I'm not, I just said I don't. I'm not giving up hope on the Lions by any means. But if people out there, and there's a lot of them that are ripping on the Lions, if you want to rip on them, you got to look at the Packers too because they had a close call with the Jaguars. They they lost to Minnesota, and if the Lions are that bad, according to some, if not most then, you know, you got some questions to answer yourself. But a win I, is a win. You got a bye week. You got a bye week ahead and, and do your thing. But they gave up, I do want to say. They gave up two long touchdowns on quarterbacks falling down. If you take those away, well, they gave up 10 Gerard, points. Come on. We're, we're better than okay, that. We're better I'm than not that. saying we're better. You, you, you want to go down that road, we'll be here all night long. You keep saying you're going to take a shot, and we'll you are taking a shot. You're saying the Packers are that good. They lost by three points. I just said you won the game. They lost by three points on the road to a team that just beat Carolina at home. The Vikings are better than we thought, number one. Number two, they should have that game tied. And number three, going on the road to Jacksonville is a tough place to play. It's a tough road game. You start on the road. Is it? Doing. I mean, is it? They're a dark horse to win that division. Oh my what I'm God. saying, they're 0-3. They're up 31-3. Yeah, I get it. But you hit a 77-yard pass for a halftime. That literally like never happens. Okay, I'm going to tell you one thing on the 77-yard pass. This is the fourth. I'm not saying that. I'm not thing, saying thing, the thing. Packers don't have issues. They need to fix. I know. On the defense. I know you're not. The offense is fine. I know you're not. But this is the fourth time that that 77-yard pass has been brought up, and we haven't been on the air that long. That pass, if you watch the damn play, he caught the ball, broke a tackle, and then cribbed for about 50 more yards. So don't act like it was yeah, just some anomaly. A, okay, well, he only had to break one tackle. There's freaking, and he was gone. There's 30 seconds of the half. You should have a safety over the top. What I'm saying is the defense was the issue in that game, not the offense. You get so defensive. I admitted to you defeat. I admitted it. Admitting defeat and saying you're not going to Joe had something to say. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, just because you say, I, <laughs> I'm admitting defeat and I'm not taking a shot doesn't mean you didn't take a shot. You just took a shot. You said the I Packers said if the Lions are as bad as you, you all good. think, if the Lions are that bad, then you got some questions to answer too because you only won by a Yeah, touchdown. they have questions on defense. I agree with and that. you got a bye week to handle when it. You that's say, what I said. When you say the if the Lions are that you're saying the Packers are on their level, and I don't think that's true. I think I'm one's a playoff caliber team. And one is a 7-9 team. I'm saying it's the beginning of the damn season. And we'll see well, you that's the first time field. you said it's the beginning of the damn season in this argument. Well, I thought you could read read into it, but, I mean, well, I let's go. It. Joe had something to say. I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. We got uh, all the time you need. Yeah, in regards to Rodgers, um, you know, I actually thought he had a pretty uh, – well, I, I did criticize him for carrying the ball, but he did score two touchdowns against Minnesota. But Minnesota, though, boys – Ooh, they look pretty good. They made Cam Newton look like a little girl out there. Like they, yeah, they took him. They took him out to lunch, boy. If he's got a brain Ooh. left. No, they fucked it without buying him dinner, dude. Man, they 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 put they put Cam Newton almost six feet under in that game, man. And he was getting sacked. He was throwing balls like you know, flying backwards on one ankle through like three interceptions and all that. Yeah, safety, man, it was bad. Okay, so bad Minnesota, game. Minnesota's got some killers. Good, on, on another day, we we'll, need them to lose. We'll get into whether or not we have more time because we're on a. But I, I just, I just want, I honestly just want to throw out there that Minnesota, um, by also also by get, making sure they had a quarterback like Bradford, uh, that the trade. Every game starts to look not as bad as it did at first. Well, you know, I don't I don't want to get... bite him in the ass down the road, but if they go to a Super Bowl, man, I'm not going to give Minnesota defense. too much time. I'm just going to uh, I'm not going to give Minnesota too much time here. They're they're to be watched. I want to hear if Tony has anything to say about this and then we got to keep moving. Tony, you got something to say about the game? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, 
You can say the Lions had a chance. They didn't have a chance until there was about five minutes left in the game. The rest of the game, they were sitting there getting their asses handed to them and then have to try and scramble and mount a ridiculous comeback. Well, now I regret bringing you into this conversation. <laughs> and then, <laughs> here's my thing. A, Colville completely misused his time out in the game, I believe. I was going to get think. to that. Go ahead. And then, when you have the Packers on third Again. down, you call an all-out edge rush. Well, there was a hold in that play, but we're not going to get into that. So. And you watch them I don't believe run hold. up the middle on you and get the first down to ice the game. When all you had to do was you knew they were running up the middle and that you blitzed from the edges. What the hell was Terrell Austin thinking there? Not much, apparently, and there's a lot. You know what? I, I think a lot of we said for the one drive, the Packers ended up stalling out after they called the, they did call the hole on Rodgers' sick 20s or 20-yard run on third down. They ended up throwing for 15 yards, I believe, and getting a field goal. But I mean, they did. They ran was. a toss to Lacey two times to the right and two times left, the exact same play, and there was no... Like, I know on defense, oh, they'll never do it again the first time. But this, the third, by the third time, the defense should be like, this is the same fucking play. This is what we got to do. They didn't stop it until when they tried to run it later in the game. So Well, we're missing two of the best players in the NFL on defense. and I, I uh, The Packers are missing Sam Shields and Clay Matthews. Uh, and Sam, I've been hearing about Sam Shields since 2010. Sam Shields is our Darius Slay. No, we, oh, yeah, when they were winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm sure you have been here yeah, about Sam almost Shields. a decade ago. Almost a decade. You know, enough about the Packers. We're on a, we already said going into the show we're up against it. Let's move on to the We the get college. here upset because the Packers won and you picked the Lions, No, Frank. that's cool. Let's go on to the Michigan State game. I Let's get like it on the next on the show sheet. Let's go to Michigan State, Wisconsin. How about that? Frank, can we for once file the fucking show sheet or just not make it? Because the Michigan's next. If Alyssa oh, wants to skip that, Michigan? you don't want to talk Michigan? Go ahead. Yeah, well, they won. They deserve to go first. Okay, well, Michigan played Penn State. And they won 49-10. to 10. That's my thoughts. They did what they had to do. I've been saying the same thing every single week on this show. That's why I thought they were third on the list. I thought we'd want to talk about the, something that actually was relevant. But, yeah, Michigan won 49-10. to 10. And it was just a skip the Lions-Bears picks, Frank. Jerry, we're just because you don't want to hear about the Packers. We're saving, the we're saving the that shit. to the end. We're saving that to the end. Okay? You're just avoiding the, the inevitable. I'm not avoiding anything. Michigan okay. State got blown right, let's out. I'm okay down. with let's that. Let's calm down. Truce. But we have played an order for a reason. Truce. So Michigan played Penn State, and all the rushing questions were answered because how many rushing touchdowns they have, Tone? Was it four or five rushing touchdowns? They won 49-10. to 10. They handled business. They're undefeated. They're t- ranked four. They're going in to play Wisconsin, who we're going bu- to talk about. Um, had a couple big wins, one against LSU. We thought that was kind of, yeah. And then Michigan State, here we go. I mean, what else do you want to say about Michigan? And I feel free. Any of you three want to chime in about the Michigan game? What do you want to say? Peppers is playing good again. Lewis takes away half the field. We got to get our quarterback play a little bit better. We're handling business. It's blowouts every week. Besides the Colorado game, where they answered. What do you want to talk about? Is Lewis done? Didn't he get hurt? No. Somebody, yeah, somebody in Michigan's hurt. They're done. Clark. Clark, and they're Clark, trying to get him a six-year okay. eligibility. He's fine. It's all good. Everything's fine. Yeah. What else do you want to say? I, w- I would say Michigan didn't get anything done. I don't think we learned anything about the program. They played another uh, – Penn State sucks. Oh, okay, so they won 49-10. to 10. Yeah, That's what they did what they, 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 did what they had to do. I'm, I'm proud of Michigan. I'm not proud of them, but I'm happy for them. It's great. The little kids. They I'm going to make that a sound bite for Jerry being proud of Michigan. We'll put that in They did the what they had to do. I mean, I think they accomplished exactly what they set out to on – Saturday. Okay, and I'm, I apologize they got a for. Game br- coming I, up. I, I, they yeah, they do. That's what I was getting point. at. I apologize for brushing over them. I don't. I was thinking more about Michigan State and Notre Dame, they, who had outrageous losses. Are, are we going to talk about Michigan? Can we just go ahead. do the show? Thanks. I'll turn my mic off and you talk about State. Then go ahead. 
All right. Off First of all, we got to talk about Michigan, Wisconsin. Number one, I was going to say I don't think it's going to be that close of a game. I think Michigan's going to blow them out too. I don't think Wisconsin's that good because I personally don't think State's that good now. But uh, Michigan is going to be. They're going to have out game plan. Wisconsin come with a big uh, big win. They got all amped up for. They probably thought it was going to be a tougher game. They got more film on that quarterback now. And Wisconsin really doesn't do anything. I think that uh, that quarterback's going to come out and have to just have the game of his life to win. And they're going to have. Three other first four games are going to be against top-tier talent. In a way, they're going to play LSU, Michigan State, and Michigan in their first three, four games. It's really shitty for Wisconsin, but Michigan's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're going to win by even more than that. I think Michigan will win by about 17. I think it's going to be a tough game, man. Wisconsin, they, they look like they're pretty stout right now. I mean, you know, that defense, here's, I to, mean, me, to me, here's where you find out who's for real. Is Michigan overrated or are they not? Because we all, I think we can all agree that Michigan hasn't played anybody yet, but they have done a good job of beating the shit out of teams that they should be beating. But well, what happens anyone when else somebody comes into a say. house and, and they get into a dogfight? That that's what I want to see. I don't I don't know. I'm not saying Wisconsin's better at all, but I am saying that this is Michigan's first real big time game, and and how how they play Wisconsin is yet to be seen. I like one of the first points you made that we're actually going to answer questions this weekend because in early college football you can't really tell like. Florida State beats Old Miss, and you think that's great, but then they get shithoused by Louisville. We're going to have the Clemson-Louisville. We'll see which one of those guys is for real this weekend. And I think that if Michigan goes and blows out Wisconsin, they're for real. They're a national championship contender. But if Wisconsin comes out and wins, then I think we know that Wisconsin's actually the national championship contender out of the two. But So at least it'll be nice in September, or actually think it'll be October 1st that day, right? October 1st, we'll get to find out who which one of these teams has got to go on. And Central Western, we can shout out to the... Broncos and Chippewas. Sure. Okay, so Michigan is playing Wisconsin. Okay, so Michigan has blown out every team, and I'll agree with Joe on this. They haven't played anybody of merit, and there's just no getting around it. I mean, they had a little adversity with Colorado. got off The same kind of thing, just got off to a, a bad start. So they're playing Wisconsin. I'll tell you how I think it's going to go, and I think that a lot of people would agree with me. I think that Michigan will play. They have a, they're more talented. They have a lot of high-profile talent. Uh, they're not going to give up the ball. If you watch the Michigan State game, they're botching uh, snap punts. They're throwing interceptions, uh, multiple. They're turning the ball over. And a lot of that game wasn't exactly Michigan State's fault as far as uh, you know, just football game play. A lot of it was turnovers. A lot of it was just, just dumb stuff. I don't think Michigan makes those mistakes. I think Wisconsin does got some talent. I think they deserve to be in the t- – what are they, eight? I think they deserve to be eight. They'll play. But I think as the game progresses, it won't be some crazy blowout. It won't be either way. But I think as the game goes on for four quarters, I think the truly more talented team will prevail. I don't think Michigan makes many mistakes. I think the quarterback play, he won't be throwing picks. I think Michigan will win, as Jerry said, by a handily, I don't know, about 17, maybe 14, 17 points, double-digit win. And they'll prove to be, this will be their first, true test and they'll prove to be what's, the team that they what's are it's truly upsetting for the first time i actually know the opposing team's fight song and i can't sing it for wisconsin because i don't think they're gonna win but no i mean michigan's gonna win the game Saturday. i mean you can't yeah. the reason you know wisconsin's fight song is the same fight song our high school had on wisconsin you can't, on wisconsin you, i mean i don't think you can really that's why make an argument for for wisconsin to well, win the, the game i don't, the I don't argument, think anyone really can. the argument is that their defense actually is pretty damn good because they hurt states i mean this is an argument you would make this is an argument i would make because i personally don't think states that good and wisconsin's not that good either but 
if they're if Wisconsin's defense is for real, like they were forcing those turnovers and getting just pressuring the shit out of Tyler O'Connor, who needs to be benched by the way, then you would still put pressure on the Spades kid, force him to run. Wisconsin's always stout against the run, and then you would say this quarterback's going to come out and play out of his mind again because he had some tight windows against State. Like you could say State's defense obviously was a little bit softer than I advertised, but on the touchdown to the tight end, even he threaded the needle over his. Uh, to the right of a senior safety and the safety got the hands almost to the ball and he put it in there. So that would be the argument we'd make for Wisconsin. I don't think it's a strong argument, but I can see how people might think they have a shot. Okay. And I just well, have to say this uh, real quick, Joe, and then it's all you, man. Cause I really don't have much to say in this. Cause I already said it, but look, there's no, there's no secrets here and there's no gamesmanship. There's a Michigan state fan. There's a Notre Dame fan and there's a Michigan fan that, that represent on this show. Okay. And we have to just spell the truth out, despite sometimes there's controversy. Okay, Michigan State beat Furman, and we had questions about him. Then this big Notre Dame came along, and they beat them. But then, we're going to get into it in a little bit, they go out and lose a game to Duke. They didn't do anything, okay? I mean, the, the, no one did anything. No one besides Michigan in any of these talks, we can talk about it all we want. No one's done a damn thing. And, yeah, Wisconsin did fit some tight windows. Yeah, they did make some good plays. But they were making mistake after mistake, and those wins that they had proved to be nothing. They were worthless. And that's a tough pill to well, swallow. Wisconsin's they were worthless. Wins? No, no, Michigan State. Wisconsin. Well, can, can, st- we, can we got Tony talk about Michigan before we get into the Michigan State thing, man? Well, go ahead. Okay. Go I, ahead. I was going to say was one of the arguments you can make for Wisconsin is they played so far two teams that were ranked in the AP Top Ten when they played them. And they beat both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, now looking back on it, maybe they shouldn't have been ranked that high, but they still beat teams who were very highly ranked and very highly thought and very so highly talking, thought of. Just for the record, you're talking them. about LSU and, and Notre Dame and Michigan State. State. Right. Yeah, and although LSU has had its struggles and they and fired less than Fournette's still for yeah. real. So, I mean, they are good against the Rams. Yeah, I was going to say, that, and that, that, they, that and running they back, back is really yeah. good. And they run an offense from the 1800s, but keep going. <laughs> okay, but Wisconsin shut down Leonard Fournette. I'm listening to your argument, Tony. Backs. This is all you now. Show is yours. In the college football. So, I mean, you're looking at a team in Michigan that I don't know if you can rely on Wilton Spate to carry you. And if you're looking at a team that shut down Leonard Fournette, maybe they can shut down, you know, Davion Smith, Evans, all, Ty Isaac, all of Michigan's Darbatron, but... I mean, okay, once peppers. Again, that, I mean, you involves, name them. There's killers everywhere, bro. This isn't. This isn't. Our coach isn't getting fired. Okay, this isn't. But LSU again, is ranked high. That means this is Harbaugh. This is Michigan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just I'm fucking talking. You're just gonna scream over me. Go right? ahead. Go ahead. It's all you. You know, throw your headphones again. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Like everybody's talking, Frank, and you just fucking scream over them and then talk for three. Fucking this is minutes. what we do. Go. Okay, Donald, but. So what I was trying to get at is that, once again, you're saying for those people to get the ball, you're relying on Spate to throw it to them. So therefore, once again, you make Michigan one-dimensional and you make Spate throw the ball. We saw what happened to Tyler O'Connor when he was forced to throw the ball. I don't know how much better Spate is than O'Connor. Both are unproven quarterbacks, and I would actually say O'Connor is a little bit more well-proven because of the fact that he does have a win at the horseshoe Shoe against Ohio State last year. So you're actually going to take the balls and defend Tyler O'Connor after all of all of that's played out. That's cool. I mean, I so, will I mean, t- defend. I don't know him anyone that's going to back you on that. I don't. But I mean, you talk about one dimensional. I'm just going to answer your question. I, I appreciate your thought. 
I'll answer your question. Some of the success that these teams did have against Wisconsin weren't necessarily just, you know, uh, you know, out of the under the under center runs. A lot of it were, you know, if you notice Michigan when they play, it's a lot of uh, getting the getting the athletes in space, whether it be uh, receivers coming across in motion and getting first downs, 10, 12, 15 yards in space coming across um, bubble screen. But it seems in the games, I know they haven't, we already covered, they haven't played the best teams in the world, but it seems almost unstoppable despite the questions Michigan's had at quarterback. When you get butt in the seam or across the middle, it's almost a first down automatically every time. I don't see Wisconsin stopping those kind of plays. In space, talented players everywhere. Everywhere. I'm just making the argument I think Michigan's going to win by double digits. Jerry agreed. And I, I believe you I think, that you think that Wisconsin has a shot. I don't yeah. think there's some bullshit team. They're the eighth-ranked team in the country. They just beat State. They beat LSU, who's, despite the questions, they're an SEC team that was ranked. I'm with you, but I think Michigan's going to win. I think Michigan's winning, too, but you were just said, what's the argument for Wisconsin? I gave you the argument for All Wisconsin. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I didn't mean to get controversial with you, and that's, that's, good, that's good by you. That's good work by you. Yeah, we're trying not we're to tired. turn into the presidential bait last night where Donald just tried to yell I appreciate it. I'm randomly. just I'm hostile the whole I'm not gonna lie, just to be honest with the audience, the whole first topic got me a little Yeah, confused, I, I get I if you want to know what's going on, audience, Frank Frank's just mad the Packers beat the Lions, so he's trying to make me feel bad about state, which I don't feel bad about at all. Well This is the first time you state, could say the same minus thing. Minus the reversed. Alabama losses in the bowl games. Which Alabama always has their fucking number. This is our first blowout loss since. Uh, well, which is what every loser Iowa. does is cop to the past, and when when they first it's like, oh, well, we, it hasn't ta- been a while. What are you talking about? Because that's what you're saying. What, what I'm saying is I haven't had a feel loss like this at state in years. You rip on my favorite years. team every week. So for once, you know what? Your team blew it. For yeah, they, they did blow. The, yeah, the difference is I can actually swallow the pill. You say you're swallowing the pill. I don't care. The, I just the, swallowed it. No, you didn't. You blew over the topic, and now you just keep trying to push state. Sucks down our throats. Well, I they don't do. care. They do. I'm not on the fucking team. They do. What, what was I supposed to do? Go up there and coach them? Their season's still in yeah, front of them. You'd probably be better off if you did. The season's still in front of them. I think, personally, you got to ship it in. and like, since they, If they win out, they technically still can. I mean, if they win out, they'll still go to the playoff. They'll just talk about how they turned it around from here, but you know, State got their ass handed to him and O'Connor looked like shit. And our defense, we lost Risky, Chris, uh, Riley, um, I agree. yeah, Riley Bullo didn't fade, play, gave up. On Saturday, I had to watch Wisconsin get every third and 11 I've ever seen. And then on Sunday, I had to watch the Packers give up the same shit. Personally, I think Kurt Cousins first year, they went seven and six or six and six. Then they had, uh, Went to the Big Ten Championship, then another 11-1 season. Then we had the Connor Cook, Andrew Maxwell year, where Connor Cook proved himself against TCU. And then we had 11-1 season, 11-1 season. So that's where you get 11-1 season from. This, in theory, if you follow the pattern, is our down year. You know what I mean? This is a brand-new quarterback. Well, some, I think some people don't think that way, but... I mean, that's why everything's cyclical in football. Besides Alabama, every team has down years. You're going to go through them. You know what I mean? Oklahoma... Went to the playoff last year, too. They're sucking this year. I, I honestly just think that's a ridiculous way of thinking, but uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, there's one program that's good every single season. Oregon was sweet. You can't just say, oh, well, but, well, pattern-wise, you know, we're due for a – what the hell is that? We're what, due what for you, a bad year? Okay, well, we lost like six people on both sides of the ball. Jared, we're losing it's college. They go pro or they go home. The best team we had about? was the Rose Bowl team. Listen to this guy. I, if you would listen, we had, had the good ass. We had the sick defense on the Rose Bowl team. Slowly, that defense has been taken away from us piece by piece. It's finally all gone, and this is what we're left with. It's a new young group of players out there. Copeland's going to be good next so year. So, college on the bench. football, that's what happens. They 
come yeah. and they yes, go. That's exactly what I'm saying. Teams don't and if you let me get to my point. Top, for Alabama every year is what he's saying. The point I'm trying to make is. You can defend we, your brother all you want, man. It sounds like a cop out to the me. The point I'm trying to make is Tyler Connor's a fifth-year senior, and I love the kid for staying. I like his work ethic, but I think. He's playing like a true freshman. I mean, it is his first year starting, but what I think is going on, and he did win at Notre Dame for the first time in like a long time for State. Who lost but, to Duke? <laughs> all right, that's the point. Can I just make my point? Go ahead. The point I'm making is we're going to have a controversy either this year or next year between Lewerke and Terry, and I think we should have it this year instead. And maybe it sucks for the seniors, but, you know, they got a Rose Bowl under their belt. They have two level one seasons. They finished back-to-back in the top five. I think it's time that maybe we just have a quarterback, we see who can play this season, and try to get it done. we got two big games on the schedule left that are both winnable because they're at home. So and you're I saying think the you've had a good run, run. we'll take a year off. I'm, not, I'm saying that if this year isn't bad, next year will be because we're going to have a cute quarterback controversy. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's State's fans' take. That's great. So I mean, here's the deal. Wisconsin at Michigan, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Be there or be square. Who are you taking, Joe? Uh, man, I don't know, man. Wisconsin, Wisconsin's played the, to me. To me, even though LSU, they, they just fired less miles, and Michigan State just had had the loss to the team that's playing Michigan. I still thought by, by watching, I still think Michigan State's for real, and I think Wisconsin is for real now. Um, man, I, I'm gonna go Wisconsin by three, man. Oh my god. Uh, they played two good teams. They stopped a Heisman uh, projected Heisman. How is Michigan back. State for real? How? Tell me how they're for real. And I'm not just being a dick. Tell me. How are they me. not for real? How are they not for real? They beat you guys who lost to Duke, and they beat Furman. For one thing. And they lost by a blowout. All right. The worst loss right. since 1985, they lost. I was, trying to, Rio wait, I was trying to wait to get to the uh, Notre Dame. I'm going to start with – we'll, we'll just go right to Notre Dame. No, yeah, one, Notre Joe, Dame, give, me, give me a second, It didn't Joe, matter Notre who Dame. they played last week. And Notre Dame could have played Trenton High School last week, and they would have fallen apart in that game. They are in shambles. It's a plane crashing. There's engines burning. There's no excuse. They fired for the defensive the Duke. coordinator. It, it didn't. It doesn't matter, man. Michigan State, like that that game, Michigan State might be responsible for what Notre Dame's going through right yeah, now. No, Michigan State came in there quit. and thumped up good. That was a, Notre they, Dame was not that bad. They lost to Texas, and then they said if we went out, we could still make the playoff. And they lost. Their season was in front of them. Brian Kelly has lost that team, and it's not even close. It's almost. Do you remember when Alabama lost to? Uh, who, they lost to Auburn, Cam Newton's Auburn, right? And then they went and lost to, uh, yeah. was it like Utah in the bowl game? They no, lost Oklahoma. To, yeah, they lost they to Oklahoma. They got killed by they Oklahoma. They got, got killed by Oklahoma. That Alabama team beats that Oklahoma team nine times out of ten. But when there's nothing to play for anymore, some of these kids, like Notre Dame's a hard school, it's stressful. They didn't give a shit. No, Alabama didn't give a shit in that bowl game. I agree with you, Joe, no matter who came in that week. There's too much talent at Notre Dame to say that Notre Dame's a worse football team than Duke. It's just they quit on their coach and they quit on the field on Saturday. It's... It's it's multiple things, man. They obviously had the wrong defensive corner. They've struggled in that area for for the last couple of years, and their their secondary is depleted, man. All the, all their best guys in the secondary are gone for the year. It's just it's now a shot year, man. It, I've been saying that since for weeks about the secondary, but well, I mean that was before we got a couple more injuries. I'm sorry, um, I'm just disgusted by all this. It's not your fault, Joe. Go ahead. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I really thought Michigan. I really still think Michigan State's a very good football team. I think it's going to be a really tough game I mean, coming out of October. I mean, I'm not saying that their season's completely over. They still could win out. And Michigan State, there's a chance they still finish with ten wins. They, they could. Let's say they lose yeah. the only two hard games on their schedule. They lose Michigan and Ohio State. 
So they have three losses. That puts them at nine and two going to a bowl game, probably a New Year's Day game, like the freaking very well could. Out, Outback they Bowl. Very well so could. All, like, all I'm saying and that's is not a bad, The thing State. is, that's not a bad season if you're talking about your down years I'm going gonna, 10 okay, and 3. I'm talking about right here, saying. right now. That's, I'm, that's, now. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is, is this, this is what I'm saying. Michigan State Berman. right now is a good system. They have a good team. They have a good program, a good coach. Everything, like, it, it's it's don't don't take this the wrong way but it's it's like how the patriots they have a system and it works and they go through that system and they believe in the coaching staff and they just follow that system and 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 they have success that way i'm not saying michigan state is like is as good as the patriots i would not, not. even go there but Did i you know think Dan michigan was actually state, the belichick coaching proven, proven by michigan state's big 10 championship and going to the Final Four last year, it has proven that Michigan State the last few years has, has, has developed a good system and a good program. Mich- Wisconsin came into East Lansing and won handily. Wisconsin, opening game of the season, had a very tough football team coming to their house, and they had to play them right away. That might have been one of the hardest opening games of the season, and they won. Do you and realize they, that, they didn't have that freshman quarterback playing either? They had that other guy who is oh, less talented. They thought he would turn the ball over less. And that's why I didn't play. In 35 minutes of radio, I'm just saying, and I don't care, but if just throwing it out there, in 35 minutes of radio, we haven't even talked about how Michigan State lost that game. And we haven't even we talked how about how they lost. They turned the ball over. They didn't stop their the down. The score, how that, they lost, what, why. And they, they're a great team. I've literally said, I've literally said, I've literally said every single thing you just I am listening. It's the third how time they lost. Listening. The I have score to is 30 to 6. How they lost, they turned the ball over, they gave third and 11s. Already been said. But you guys are acting like, I mean, dude, I, I feel like I'm alone on a, on a foreign planet, man. What do you want me to do, cry about it? You're acting like the, the, everyone's just ignoring reality. Well, we're not ignoring the thing. Hey, what no, are we I'm ignoring? Trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a state for a uh, case for Wisconsin. Okay, well, that's fair they enough. They got blown out. They got blown out by Wisconsin. Like, what else do you want me to so say? So, Wisconsin, you're, yeah, well, I, I appreciate what you're saying. You you just picked Wisconsin I, to win, and I can't. They I can't got blown out, and I laid out a plan for the future. I laid out a plan for the future. What more do you want? Joe picked, Joe picked Wisconsin to win, and that's fair. I can't knock someone for their prediction. He said they're going to win a close game by three. So, if he's making yeah. a case for Wisconsin, fair enough. I disagree. I think they're, they're, they're not going to win, but that's fair. But I'm hearing, like, all these random things about Michigan State. And the, all these excuses and things. It's like, well, you for once. You sure, no, no, not you. Since the second minute of the show, you've been trying but to skip to the state game. No, but it's like, all oh, eight years and big ten titles and four. For once, you're not that. Now it's this year. It's First of all, you said that. They're still the current Big Ten champions, and I said. Well, you take your brothers back all you want. You dude, can talk. You haven't said anything on the show. Re- have your brothers right back. Right now, there. State's still the reigning Big Ten champions that have been eliminated for the picture yet, number one. Number two, I laid out a plan saying they should pack it in this year and start their quarterback controversy pack now. Pack it in. You want to pack it in. I'm not, I don't mean pack it is in terms of fucking everybody it. go home. I mean pack it in, and the Conor, the Tyler Connor has to be packed in and shipped out. You squeaked by Furman, and you squeaked by Notre Dame by a touchdown, and you lost to Wisconsin and didn't score a touchdown All for the right. first time since 1985. They, That's what happened with They Michigan might State. not win another game, but I can almost guarantee they come out to play on 29 to whoop the shit out of Michigan State. Oh, you, want, you guarantee that now? You just said yesterday that they wouldn't. No, I didn't. You said they would lose to Michigan. We didn't talk to each other yesterday. You said they would lose to Michigan. I said it. They look. If they play like they did against Wisconsin, they lose. All right. Well, that's what they did. And this is why I haven't talked, Frank. Because every time anybody talks, you just scream over them. All right, Tone. You do you have a, what do you have to say? Because that's all you've said so far is that I'm talking over. You have the floor is yours. Okay. Once again, Michigan went out, took care of business like they needed to. 
They still haven't beat anybody yet. Therefore, I think Wisconsin has a shot. I think Michigan will win. But I'm saying Wisconsin does have a shot. They beat teams that were highly thought of. Okay. I'm not dissing Wisconsin. Maybe not as good as we originally thought they were. I still think Wisconsin has a good team, and they have a shot. In my quote-unquote yelling, when have I dissed Wisconsin once? I've dissed Michigan State, and I've discredited You've the discredited fact- their wins. Yeah. They're pretty much putting their wins on the same level. And you yeah. yell at people and Mich- say they're not Michigan State and LSU anything. would beat every team that Michigan's beat so far, so their wins are better. There's no question about that. I still think Michigan's a better team, but you can't say that Wisconsin wins aren't shit. Michigan State is going to beat PSU. I didn't say Wisconsin. I didn't say yeah, that. you did. I said, you said they're always- top eight. I said they're eight top ten team, and it's going to be a good game. It'll be steady, and they're going to slowly grind them down. Did you hear my take? Did I, you hear I, it? I agree with you. That's what I'm saying, but you're saying you didn't diss Wisconsin when you kind of did. I said Michigan's going to win by double digits, also, but slowly. It is going to be a good game because both teams are fundamentally. It'll be good until the end. It'll be end up double Wisconsin's digits. Wisconsin's truly fundamentally sound. Good. Nice. I don't think Michigan makes the same amount of mistakes as Michigan State did, and that's why I think they're going to win. That's all I said. It's getting heated because we had we had passion for it. But my God, man, I'm getting triple teamed. It's pretty much double teamed by the Preston brothers, and then even Joe's gang tackling on me. I'm sorry. I'll slow it down, man. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys take over for a little bit. I'm just saying what happened, and I hate to see a team like Michigan who's been ripped on and ripped on because State has been better. They've been better for the last years, years, years. Finally. Michigan like, hasn't been ripped on. Jerry, I hear it from you every single Yeah, by, I'm the, by me. Who the fuck am I? I live in your You're basement. my radio partner. I'm talking about the actual media. Michigan hasn't been ripped on that you much. You know what, man? I'm sorry. I apologize if you guys think I'm getting too animated. Whatever. What's the next topic? Notre Dame. Notre if you guys Dame, want to talk about that, dude. go ahead, man. I'll let Joe. You quarterback Notre Dame. No pun intended. I'm taking a short break. You guys talk about Notre Dame. I'm going to cool off. My bad. So, I mean, with Notre Dame, I mean, it's simple, man. I, I think I think it was the right call to, to fire Brian Van Gorder because, quite honestly, before the season even started, that people were kind of like questioning slash, you know, asking for his head. Before, before uh, you know, the season even started, they, you know, after last year with all the talent we had back there, Jalen Smith and everyone, and we still gave up a lot of big plays. Um, you know, this year we had we had a couple guys coming in. We had a pretty talented middle linebacker taking over who finally understood the defense. It took him two years to understand, uh, you know, the, the pro defense he's running. It's just it was the wrong system uh, for for these guys. It, it, you got to be careful with these pro defense systems, man, in college. Like, the, these guys don't have the time that pros do. They have other obligations with their school and stuff. And I know college athletes, yeah, like, they don't they don't go to as much schooling uh, as, as people think they do. But um, it, it's just not their job, man. They're not pros. They don't they don't wake up every day and study film like Richard Sherman, man. Uh, and that that's what I think is defense re- required. Um Right now they got the uh, they got a defensive uh, uh, assistant taking over right now. Um, he he's been to a few places. He did a good job at East Carolina when he was there for their defense. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean the Irish. I mean the season's blown. I mean Duke Duke should not have won that game. Notre Dame uh, that, that should have been a routine win for them, especially with Duke's first two games how poorly they played. Um, and so right now. Um, Notre Dame can maybe go for a six and six record, maybe to get to a, at least a bowl game. They they got a lot they got a lot of things to do. You know they got they got a rally here. Uh, maybe maybe firing Brian Van Gorder wake wakes up the team a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't see Notre Dame getting better than six and six. They they could even 
they could pass on a bowl game for all I care. I mean, it's just it, it's a brutal year. But hey, next year, one one positive for Notre Dame is like I think like four or five guys total are leaving the team, so that that could be a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, it's glad in this situation. The, I don't think the firing might, is going to fire up the team necessarily, but it's Brian Kelly saving his own ass. If he didn't fire him, he was going to get fired. After yeah, the, starting out with where they one and three right now. Notre Dame should never start out yeah. one and three. But the problem is, I don't think Brian Kelly is the right guy that can motivate these guys to maybe win out or give Stanford a good game. Brian Kelly, he's a good coach in terms of X's own. He's a good recruiter, but and he has had a great brand in Notre Dame. But he's kind of an asshole. You can see it by how he talks. You can see in his conversations, he's not really a great leader of men as much as he is a great football mind. I think that's the real problem they got there. And the other problem is, like, who else is Notre Dame going to get in terms of coaching? They do end up firing Brian Kelly, but I don't think yeah, I, don't I, I agree with you. I don't. I, think, I, it, I don't think they're going to fire Brian. I don't Kelly. think it I matters really who they play. Happen. They shouldn't fire him because he has let him and he's got good talent coming in. And you don't want to go back to like a Charlie Weiss, Tyrone yeah. Willingham era where you couldn't win at all. This is a bad year, and you know at least next year you start with a clean slate. I mean, they made the Brian Kelly took him to a national championship not like three years ago, something like that. So there's still hope for the future. But. I mean, last year BCS Bowl, you know. I mean, the 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 season, the the good seasons are coming. You just, I mean, Jerry, you, you touched on it before, man. You you gotta you gotta live through the down, you know, the downtrends too. I that mean, was that's the point I'm making. Like everybody so asks, like their college, team's gonna man. win like, it all every way. year, and unless you're at Bama, you literally don't have a shot every year. It's yeah. not Notre Dame's year. Like, it's obviously, I don't get how Deshaun Kaiser still ranked as, like, one of the normal quarterbacks personally. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know. I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser is playing pretty well. I mean, he might be one of the few bright areas right now that, that's going on at Notre Dame. They can use and, it for motivation for next year. But. I mean, if he, if he stay, honestly, you, you kind of got to hope as a Notre Dame fan that this whole, this whole season ruins everyone's draft stock and people are willing to stay for their senior seasons you know, what I mean, to kind of to kind of boost their their draft stock for for the NFL slash possibly run out of playoff here because I'm telling you if 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 a lot of these guys stay for their their senior years and we only lose like our true seniors, it's going to be a lot of people coming back and that is going to help out tremendously, especially our secondary. Our secondary is all either first year starting sophomores or true freshmen. Like I don't think we're going to redshirt a single fucking guy in our secondary this year, and that goes a long way. Experience and everything like. We, we could be pretty deep in our secondary next year, and that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that it's this early season you're talking about next year, but that's the great thing, that with great loss comes great hope in this scenario. Yeah. And that's what you have hope for. Because the year before the State, state that year they won the Rose Bowl. The year before they went 7-6, everybody made fun of them, but all their losses were close, and all Notre Dame's losses have been close to this point, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I mean, I, so you know, a, Texas I mean, in overtime, a ball, State, ball, state ball fell asleep for a, a minute, but uh, this one was... And they played yeah. two good teams in Texas and State. All I'm saying is you have something to look forward to. And it just, that's what the greater point I want to have with the losses in college that I don't. I came to a realization as I was golfing as uh, Wisconsin was just beating State's ass and every time I checked the score, it was getting worse and worse. Like, I don't get how 40-year-old men like root up against these college kids so strongly and will call into radio shows and say, like, State sucks, O'Connor sucks, or, you know, Spate sucks, the Jim Harbaugh is oh, well, you can say about Harbaugh. But, uh, like, oh, Jake Butt should have caught that pass, something like that. I'm 27 looking back on my college years, and I'm thinking, these are fucking kids out there. Some of these kids, it also might be because Mylon Hicks, RIP from State, died. But, like, life's precious. And these are little kids that these people are ripping on. Like, some of them are literally They're not seven. little kids. They're Malik, yeah, I wouldn't well, call them little okay. kids. 
First of all, <laughs> they, they've been baby their okay, that might be a little too far, but they've been baby their whole life. Malik McDowell started as a seventeen year old. He couldn't buy cigarettes and he started in a college environment and he played in a cotton bowl that year. You realize how ridiculous that is to be seventeen and be that good? And then people yeah. who are thirty and probably can't bench press hundred and thirty five pounds are gonna call him like, Oh, this kid sucks. At some point in college football, I've decided that I'm going to love the wins. I'm going to root for the kids. I'm going to hope in the best. But the losses, I'm letting go like the little rack and curling, baby. Just fucking ah. Guys, <clears throat> I'm, first of all, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. But I'm going to say one one more thing. I'm not going to let it slide. I realize I've, I've kind of become the, uh, the, the, the enemy of this show so far. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to walk on eggshells. I'm going to say this one last thing. And I heard, Jerry, you guys made good points. But you're talking about Alabama and you're – and I've heard it for three weeks in a row now, okay, college football, and it goes to the point you made about the corners and the secondary and the coaching staff and all that stuff. College football is a sport of each season, despite guys coming back, freshmen, sophomore, progressing. It's a, a season of new beginnings, okay? And I'm not going to sit here and just listen to Alabama like it's the mega. Yeah, they've had a tremendous amount of success they win every year. They win game after game after game. But each season is a new beginning. And I'm not, for the listeners out there, and there's a bunch of them, despite you call them slappies and homers, there's a bunch of Michigan fans that listen to this show. And I'm not going to let it be ignored that they, right now, here and now, if there was a playoff, they would be in it, top four. And it's, it's now. It's Harbaugh. It's Michigan now. And at Notre Dame, you can talk about it all you I want. I actually don't think Michigan would be in it. Because isn't Ohio State in right now? There's, well, I'm just saying the top four teams right now. It's Michigan, Ohio State, yeah, but Alabama, they just, they, and Clemson. They don't go I'm by just the saying the top they have their own ranking. Jerry, I'm just making an overall point for the I'm show. That's all the I'm saying. I'm not, looking, right now. I'm not looking to get into a thing again. I just came back from it. All I'm saying is you keep well, talking I, I about Well, I just like these. our listeners to have correct information. What I'm saying is if they came out with playoff rankings right now, Michigan probably wouldn't be in the playoff. Okay, Jerry. They're a top four team, and it's not about – Alabama every time, man. Like I'm not gonna have the, the podcast yeah, is about State, Alabama. We're Ohio not in SEC country. We're in Michigan. This is Michigan, Michigan State. These are teams right here. We're talking about our teams, man. It's not every year. You can't. Uh, it's what an easy take to just go in every time and say, oh, Yo, they're not Alabama. Yeah, some, man, they're not Alabama. Sometimes there is they. Alabama won three out of four after they finally shut down Urban Meyer. They Fara. did. You keep they talking won, in the past they tense. Won. Okay, we don't have a champion this year to talk about. Who do you want me to talk about? Predict? I want to talk about now. I think Ohio State's going to win it all this year, if you want to know the truth. But Alabama, they won Good three out of four. And then the playoff comes around, and they freaking they were in the first playoff. They lost to Ohio State in a close one. The only team that gave Ohio State a run for the money. And they blew everybody out last year. Clemson and them was a good game, but really, towards the end, it got a blow, to a blowout, too, with Kenyon Dake's kick returns. Who cares about last year? Who really does? I, I mean, I think people are more. But why watch? Why watch then, Frank? If you don't care, as soon as the season's over, you don't I'm gonna care. I'm going to be watching. I watch well, this weekend. Watch I'll be okay, well, who cares about last weekend then? If we don't care about last year, why the fuck do we care about last weekend? Because it's this season. Okay, so when the season's over, then this season doesn't matter? Jerry, we're talking but about. What are you saying? Like, we don't care about last that's season. That's ridiculous. Why don't we care about the last thing we said? We care about last season because we care about the history of sports. It's part of the pageantry of it. But I'm, we're not here. We care this isn't ESPN Classic. This isn't ESPN Classic. This is RSF Podcast. We're talking about right now. I don't now. even know if ESPN Classic even exists anymore. We're talking about literally Bro, the way six. you're talking, it sure we're does. We're talking about nine months ago. We're not talking about 90 years ago. So Alabama, whatever, man. You just keep talking about the Pat and Alabama and Saban. Like, it's just like some gospel. It's, it is a gospel. It's the Dude, Bible. College football is literally the gospel according to Saban. When he's gone from Alabama, it'll be anybody's game again. But until then, Alabama's always going to be in the top four. 
Well, why don't you move down to Alabama? Because there's just not enough women down there with okay. teeth in their mouth. And they're all related. <laughs> I so, mean, God, guys. Well, I mean, one, I one get last it. Thing to close out college football, let's God. just kind of go around the horn here real quick. Um, I, I just want to briefly go over the LSU situation. Um, where do we think old Les Miles is going to end up? Oh, somewhere weird. Maybe Penn State. A ditch. Penn State, probably. They're going to fire James Franklin then this year. He's going to Penn State. And I got the real question is who's going to win the, the, big the Tom, uh, the Tom what's his last name, Herman, the uh, Houston coach. That sweepstakes is going to be huge because LSU is going to try to get him. Uh, Auburn's going to try to get him. And Houston's going to make a play for the Big 12. And they're going to say, oh, like, look how weak the conference is. Like, who would want to deal with the SEC all this time? You go there, you have Tom Herman. You know, you have Houston come in. You give him some huge, ridiculous pay raise. And then he stays and he gets to play that talent. And there's not very good defenses in the Big 12. I'm sorry, people, if you don't already know that. You know, that's my real question is, does LSU get less or uh, Tom Herman? But I think Les Miles is a shoe-in for Penn State. Yeah, because they'll, they'll fire James Franklin. I mean, I think Les Miles is probably going to have his pick of, like, three, four uh, mid-level programs at the end of the season easily where they'll all be clamoring for his services and it's kind of going to be uh, – well, which situation? Or some weird ACC set. school, like maybe an NC State, something like that. Okay, well, Joe, Joe referenced the last point about college football, and he made his, and I want to make mine. The biggest game, I think, this week is, is Michigan. Clemson versus... Well, no, I don't even want to talk about Clemson. I know what's going on with Clemson. I'm talking about Michigan versus Wisconsin. If Wisconsin is a contender, like you guys are cracking them up to be, and I happen to agree with a lot of the stuff you said, that's going to be a big game. So when Michigan wins that, when they win that, there you go. The next tough game they'll have would be against Michigan State, who apparently is very good too. And then it's a showdown between your national championship pick, Michigan versus Ohio State, and that's what's up. That's what I think people want to hear. Right? Am I right? I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, so Michigan that, beats Wisconsin. They go into a hard-fought game against Michigan State. Ohio, well, if we're going to talk about the past, why are we talking about the future? Because that's what's coming up, Gerard. What are you talking about? Well, I just don't. Well, I, this, the point Joey was making is where does Les Miles land? And now well, we're we on the, the yeah. rest of the Michigan season, which we went over two weeks ago. Well, two weeks. A lot's gone by in the last. And two you know, weeks, don't you I think, think Ohio State, Michigan's going to be an absolute fucking bloodbath unless JT sure Barrett loses that's a leg. A, that's an easy take. I mean, they beat him forty-two to seventeen last, last year. Last year, again, again, and again. Well, they had the exact same fucking quarterback. JT Barrett is. Is number two in the Heisman race. He's an, I was just going to say he's an anomaly. He's a great, that's the one factor that I'm worried about. But that's what's going to come back to. secondary. If you want to talk future, I'd rather talk future the than middle past. linebacker was on the Benerick or the linebacker award list is last year. He was like number Fuck three. It. So you guys, Fuck so let me get this straight, man. You get knocked off by fuck one time and you still have a chance. You still have a great chance, which you already covered in Michigan State. And say, you get knocked I off s- by Wisconsin. So now Frank, all of a sudden it's Ohio State, say, Alabama. I didn't say game. State had a good chance. I said State needs to pack into the Tyler Connor thing, so have he, a quarterback controversy, yeah. play it out and go 7-6. That's what I said. No. I said technically they can still win. So Michigan, You're not listening. So Michigan State loses one big blowout game and all of a sudden you're on the jock of Ohio State and Alabama. What a hot take. That's all I have to say about that. I called Ohio State three weeks ago. And now you're, it's all about Bama on Ohio Bama State. Bama on Ohio State. Bama, Ohio State. What the fuck? What, what the do fuck? you want the fuck? Bama wins, man. 
You know, seriously. They have 95 five-star center on. Nobody beats Bama. They have a true well, damn, freshman. man. They have a true freshman quarterback. We have With that team. attitude, we Bama's got how. it all. Bama, Ohio State, National well, Championship. Well, go out and beat Bama. Why do a show? What happened last time? Oh, Denard. Harbaugh! Harbaugh! Go blue! It's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. Act like Alabama's fucking Eastern Michigan, dude. Talk about the number 14. The Undefeated. Only, the only team to make Alabama look stupid in the last fucking recent history is Ohio State. And before that was Cam Newton. Hey, that's our next soundbite. Harbaugh! Whatever. <laughs> that will never be a soundbite as long as I'm running the soundboard. I'll have to be dead. Oh. Hey, so moving on, uh, another sport in Michigan, big sport. Uh, can we talk hockey? Uh, Joe, yeah. I'm glad you said that because the shout-out I, shout oh. I gave at the beginning for, that, uh, for Joe Sawicki, he's a huge hockey fan. Um, we're just going to let you do your thing, man. I, I can't claim to have done my homework on the Red Wings preseason, but I'm excited to hear about it. And I think you're the only one in the room or on this airwave that knows. So whatever you want to say, the floor is yours on, on hockey and the Red Wings and anything you want to say. And I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I appreciate it. So Before, you said Joe Sawicki? Yeah, it's the shout out I gave. He's a great guy. Before a, we uh, move on so, to hockey, can I just throw one more quick football thing in here? No, because we're going to go down football for 10 more minutes. Just, it's just going to turn into a ridiculous argument again. We're we moving on. on. We move on. We got more football. Okay, next well, JJ weekend. Watt's probably going on IR and missing the rest of the year with a back injury. Damn. Who? JJ Watt's Watt. out for the season. Breaking news. Oh wow! All right, Joe. Now hockey. Okay, so See? that's all. I shout, out, shout out again to uh, the other Joe out there. I like your first name. It's good, solid first name. Good American. Um, so hey, for for the Detroit Red Wings, finally it's here. Exhibition season. Um, I, I, I personally get, you know, a little probably too hyped up for this kind of stuff. But they're up 3-1 to one right now against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Callahan put in two goals. And Green, I believe, has the third goal. A um, couple of power play tallies there. Uh, so the Red Wings are looking good at home right now, boys. Um, and then with that, I kind of kind of just want to go over some stuff for training camp. So uh, we're missing a few guys. Zetterberg's hurt. Cronwell's hurt. Um, Yurko's hurt out till November. Polkinen's coming back from shoulder, shoulder surgery. No contact right now. Um, so so training camp's kind of like a, like a ghost town right now. You got Nielsen, Tatar, Vanek all still playing the World Cup. Ablocator uh, is coming back from the World Cup. Larkin said, said F it uh, after he got scratched for the last game you know, for North America. Came right back. They said, you want a break? Larkin said, nope. Went back on the ice, and so he's back at it already. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I, I think I've said this before, it's starting to become Larkin's team. And I think that's one of those things where you kind of realize, oh man, maybe Larkin is the, the next captain, the, you know, just that kind of attitude, that kind of spirit, uh, coming back and, and saying, fuck it, let's, let's get going here. Let's, let's start the NHL season. Um, big thing, uh, big, big things from camp. Mantha shows up about 15 pounds bigger, uh, in a good way. Coaches were a little worried. Uh, you get that tape while you're you know, on your knees. What's that? Let him go. Let him go. Come on. He's no, no, no. It's he, why you know, we have the, him. That's why we have him. Let him go. Come on. He hit the gym. He hit the gym. Uh, you know, Blasio, Blasio was uh, a little worried because sometimes guys hit the gym hard in the summer. They get a little bigger, and then they, they kind of have to get their legs back uh, on the ice, and they got to kind of get used to to the body. Uh, they said he looked exactly the same. Just for the uh, record, looked, how are looked, his thighs looking? What's that? How are his quads looking? Are they looking pretty ripped? Oh, I, I don't know details. <laughs> okay, all right. He looks, he looks, he looks a whole fifteen pounds bigger, uh, which is good. Uh, it means he could be a little more physical this year. 
make room for himself to score some goals. He's not in tonight. Um, or else I'd, I'd do everything possible short of flying back to Detroit to watch the game. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think that's a big deal. Um, showing up to camp in, in that good of shape and not really losing a step and getting that big, I, you know, for him, there's been high expectations. I think hopefully this is the, the, the time that he shows it, which leads me to my next point. If Mantha, Athanasiu, and Larkin, and Bertuzzi can push the forwards – on this on this Red Wings team, this uh, this exhibition season, Holland said he was going to wait and see how the exhibition played out. Uh, Jacob Truba, who's also training in Detroit until he uh, until he gets picked up or traded or, or whatever, um, he's asked for a trade from the Winnipeg Jets. Good, very very good young defenseman, 22 years old, big dude, loves to hit, loves to score, right-handed shot. The Red Wings. I said it last year, Tony and Frank. You were uh, when we first started the podcast. I, you you heard me bitch and moan about this multiple times, uh, and then Jerry, when you came in, you heard it too. The Red Wings need a big time trade. The Datsuk one that okay that doesn't count because we didn't get Stamkos. They need a big time trade for a big time defenseman that's going to be the future of the franchise in the back end. I think Jacob Truba could be one of those guys. You're not going to find a dude like that in the draft. Because they just they don't they don't get that low in the draft, and uh, I think this is an opportunity here for us to uh, shed a bunch of forwards, maybe give up a defenseman like a uh, like a Brendan Smith because they want a lefty over there in Winnipeg, and uh, and you bring this dude in, and now you got a good solid number one defenseman here in Detroit to play with the Kaiser, who who's kind of turning out to be our, our big number two, um, you know, on, on most big teams. That right there could change everything. Um, defensive competition right now in camp. I mean, it's 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 the same guys we've had. They haven't broken the roster yet. I you know that kind of just feels the fire again. And why I'm saying Jacob Trubin, you know, we should definitely trade for him. Um, and then kind of just my last point. I, I already kind of made it, but the World Cup of Hockey's over finally. I, I don't know what your opinion on it is, guys. I don't know if you know if you watched any of the World Cup of Hockey. I I really didn't. I think it's kind of all, stupid. All I know um, about the World Cup of Hockey was the United States played like two games was kicked out, which is nothing like the World Cup of Soccer, and so I'm not into it. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, mean, I watched just, a little bit, quick. but it was kind of like the U.S. Clearly, I have no idea what they were thinking. They went out there, got eliminated after they two games. They probably were out there drinking, th- man. Played a third game, lost, and I mean, I just don't think the U.S. team seemed that into it. Like there, there wasn't like a group play and then like an advancement to the tournament with just like was off the rip. I don't get it at all. It was like a double. Yeah, there, there, there was I mean, group that, play. That's pretty much what it was. It was like, it was like, um, like I know how the Olympics they have like seeding games, you know, like you know. Oh, I guess it's just like the World Cup, but yeah, it was like half and half. Like it was basically off the rip. Well, but there wasn't you gotta like the you, if you're gonna yet. make it like the World Cup. The reason why the World Cup of Soccer is such an amazing thing because the group play is so fucking crazy because you have 32 teams involved, you know. That's what makes it so great. You got to do something like that. You need to get 32 hockey teams out there. What was it, like 12 in this? And then they had Team North America and Team Europe. If you don't have enough teams, yeah, you can't make a world. The reason why the World Cup of Baseball doesn't work is because there's like four Caribbean teams that are better than everybody else. It's just not. There's not it's a, it's everybody no wants that, for it. Everybody, what, what they see is money in their eyes. When they see the World Cup of Hockey, they see the World Cup of Soccer makes all this world just World Cup is what they call it. But now it's called of Soccer because there's other World Cups. But it's just not the best. I, I, they see money, the dollar signs in their eyes. There's like all these world teams play on two years between the Olympics or the lead up to the Olympic year or whatever. It just doesn't work. It's I mean, not everything's a great idea. Coming up and next, you know, Dylan Larkin does wide grip pull ups with his shirt off. 
Oh my god. Joe's hot takes. <laughs> no, Joe, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we appreciate you, man. Like you have literally every single detail of hockey affairs, and uh, without you. There would be no hockey talk on the show until, like, middle of the season because that's when I started to tune in hardcore. That's why you're our resident, and uh, that's fucking awesome. As long honest. as we're talking about residents, we should, uh, in the effort of time, because we have a gigabyte limit to withhold to uh, this month, we got to move over to uh, the UFC 205, and we'll kick it to the resident expert. Uh, well, that's before, huge. Before the resident expert goes. Yeah, finish it off. I'll, I, I just got to say one thing, and I, I got to take off, boys. I apologize. Uh, oh, you're not going to be here for UFC? Where the hell are you going? I gotta hit the trails, boys. What the fuck? What are, trails? What trail? I got a CFT coming up in a, t- a couple weeks. Hit the trails? What do you do? Late night run? You gotta pull a Tyson, <laughs> man. You can't put it off for another half an hour. It won't even. Oh be man, it's get, get, get it. Get dark out. Do wow, what why is you in Chicago? Do, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Say what you gotta say, and then that's fair. That's fair. I'm training. At for the same time, time I, however, I'm not gonna lie. Jockeys do creep the hell out of me. <laughs> All, all I want to say is the fight. I'm not going to steal anyone's thunder with this. All I'm saying is the fight you're about to talk about, I cannot wait for. I just cannot wait till 205. Tony, we'll it's be all here, you. We'll boys, be here next week. We're going to take a I'm short out. break anyways. I hope your TV comes out. You never get to see it. We're taking a short break anyways, hope Joe. Hope you flip your love bike you. over and knock your two front teeth out. We'll talk more about that next week too, man. Thanks for having us. Yep, we're going to head to a short break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Things were hot and heavy. We are finally going to finish up with the UFC. A lot of things going on. Fortunately, we have a lot of time uh, in between these cards. we got a fight coming up October 8th, which is the UFC 204, and then November 16th is UFC 205. November 12th. November 12th, correction. So I'm still number two as far as UFC residency goes on this show. I'm coming for you guys. Jerry's on the hunt. He's on a witch hunt. Joe left us. So there's only three of us, but I'm number two. Consider me the CM Punk of the UFC talk. Tremendous. So you're going to get your ass kicked in five seconds and then leave? Pretty much. (laughs) It was like 41, I think. So I'm going to tee Tony up to explain briefly on what's going on. We're also going to give a little strip tease on what's to come in the future. But the bottom line is there's a shitload going on in the UFC, a lot of drama, more to come on other stuff fight-related, not even in the UFC, and hashtag Bellator. We'll talk about that another day. But Tony's going to break some stuff down, give us a little tease, give us a little dance. Tony, this is your segment. Go ahead. All right. So, I mean, today, Tuesday, September 27th, huge announcements coming out of the UFC. First off, they come out and say, hey, Remember when Tyron Woodley and Steven Thompson for the welterweight title was the main event for UFC 205? Well, not so fast. We got Conor McGregor Eddie Alvarez for the lightweight title as the main event now. We're bumping the Woodley-Wonderboy fight to the co-main. Our former co-main, Obi-Wan Jan Jacek, defending her women's strawweight title. That's still on the card, though. But then also we're going to add to the card a middleweight matchup between Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero. Damn, son. Oh, and by the way, we're not done yet. Uh, Khabib, Habib Nurmagomedov, if I could say that Russian's last name right, I will be amazed. Oh, yeah, he was supposed to fight Eddie Alvarez for the lightweight title. Well, because he's not fighting for the lightweight title, we're going to have him fight Michael Johnson now on this card as well. Wow. Oh, and if those don't pique your interest enough, we still got Misha Tate making her return after losing the title. Misha Tate is so fine. God, he's 
fine, but dumb as hell to get back in the ring of that ass pounding. Ass and like, not in a good way, you know what I'm saying? Ass like a birthday cake. <laughs> All that jelly and no toast. We also Woo! got Frank we, they also got Frankie Edgar coming back after UFC. Uh Don't two. forget to talk about my boy Sugar Ray Rashad Heavens. And don't forget about my two man crushes going toe-to-toe in sometime in December. Super Sage Northcutt versus Mickey Gall. Battle of the Dimes. Man Crush Theater. Well, that's not UFC 205, Frank, so we're not going to worry about that yet. Well, that's a strip tease, As Jerry said, we also have Rashad Evans moving down to middleweight to fight a war hero himself, Tim Kennedy. So as it turns out, the UFC comes to New York City and their undercard is better than some Main cards, which is just absolutely yes. insane to me. This card is stacked top to bottom. I seriously... I think this is the card... Call they, off work, people. Call this off is, work. This is the card they wanted for... Uh, um, this would have been better if it was that 200 type thing. This is the type of card yeah. we were expecting to get for 200. But it's the first fight in New York because New York finally legalized MMA. And it's going to be Madison Square Garden. It's going to be huge. Literally, I got a little tight in the pants today when I started seeing these announcements come through on wow. my phone. It's just a great day for an MMA fan. Tony, I, don't, I, I think the reason you're going to tighten your pants is too many donuts in the morning. But okay, we can't break down all these fights right now. Luckily, we have a month and a half. So let's do what we got to do. <laughs> We're going to do the main one. We're going to look at Audi Alvarez getting to fight Conor McGregor, meaning McGregor's not going right back to 145. And what this means now that Aldo wants to get out. Tony, what do you think about this? I mean, it's, it was one of those things where this was basically the fight that McGregor wanted it before Diaz. He wanted to fight for the lightweight title. That fell through when Dos Anjos got hurt. And so then he fought Diaz. Then because he wanted the rematch with Diaz, that had Dos Anjos then faced Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez knocked out Dos Anjos. Now he's the lightweight champ. Conor McGregor was supposed to go back to well, or not welterweight, go back to featherweight, 145, and fight Jose Aldo, who has interim title. And he got that by beating Frankie Edgar in his last fight. And now you got McGregor getting basically what he wants again, which is he gets another shot at the lightweight title, doesn't defend that featherweight belt yet. So now you have Aldo basically saying he doesn't trust Dana White because Dana White has promised him multiple times that the next fight Connor has is going to be for at featherweight against him. And now he's not getting that fight again. He wants to be released from his UFC contract because he doesn't trust Dana White. He doesn't pr- trust the promotion. And saying that basically Dana White li- listens to Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor's the one running the UFC and he doesn't want to be employed by Conor McGregor. I, you know what? I, I agree. The weird thing is I agree with what Aldo's saying and it's not really fair that he's not gotten his rematch against McGregor. But I think this is the more interesting fight, and that makes me happy as a fan. Is that weird? I'm to- I don't want to say I'm seesaw. It's not seesaw. This is how I want things to go because this is obviously setting up for if McGregor wins, then Diaz McGregor three is actually going to be for something, which is everybody's complaint because the third one will be for the belt. No, it's not weird, Gerard, because you're a human, and that that's the fact. It's also called like, business, and you also happen to know about that because off the record, you you know a little bit about business as far as yeah, college goes. I'm about that action, okay, boss. All about that action, <laughs> boss. So go ahead. But look. Aldo has a fair, fair point. He was a 10-year champion. He's a tremendous fighter. No one can argue that. But the bottom line is, we talked about it early in the show, here and now, if you look at reality, he got knocked out in 13 seconds. No one wants to see that fight. It's a tough weight cut for McGregor. Yeah, you can say McGregor runs the UFC, whatever. He's the money. He's the draw. He's the business. That's what's going on right now. He's getting a title shot at 155. I think he cleans up Alvarez somewhat, 
Then he, I think that we're looking farther ahead to a title fight, rematch, or the trilogy fight, Diaz, 155, belt. A lot going on. There's so much to say. I, I mean, yeah, there's so much to say. I, when I said I agree with Al, I agree with Aldo's predicament, not that exactly. McGregor runs the yep. UFC. McGregor doesn't run the UFC. Well, runs the UFC is a money. Aldo's, Aldo's got that a money. fair point. And what Dana White looked at was if you had the uh, Aldo-McGregor fight, what that would be worth, which is worth, or versus a, what turns into a two-fight deal when you have this, when the second one's going to be for the bout with Diaz. And it just is way better this way. This is obviously what McGregor wants to do. And it's you keep your star happy. And sometimes you do kind of got to keep the pretty boy happy. But really what happens what, what happens to Aldo is the question. I mean, who's he going to fight? Well, John, John Bue? I mean, whoever. whoever. Aldo was actually offered a choice between, one, between two opponents to fight on this card as well. He was offered a fight with either Max Holloway or Anthony Pettis. Because Anthony Pettis is driving down the featherweight. So a snooze fest. A snooze fest, basically. But, I mean, it's a fight. It's that, still a title fight. Right. It's, yeah, still for the interim title. Because these are guys who are now, you know, also looking for a title shot. Because the division has been put on hold for so long by McGregor. But, but I, Tony, I want to ask you one thing. Because you're, like I said, I, I do bow. If you get the cue. I do bow to you on this, Tony. All right. Well, we all are bowing at you now, Tony. So. <laughs> the question I want to ask is because there's a huge point to make, and I just want to make sure we get this before it's over. Aldo, okay, is disrespected because he got knocked out in 13 seconds, 145 interim champ now. He's the interim champ because he beat Edgar, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. So, one hand you say, Man, McGregor cleaned him up in 13 seconds. But at the same time, you're right. There's killers that are starving at 145 to be fighting for that belt. So you can't just ignore it. But at the same time, the money draw is like you do ignore it. There's a yeah, big differential there. Say, you know what I mean? Does that wait, make sense? No, I, I have to piggyback on that point and agree with you, Frank, is that it's not fair now that Aldo isn't going to fight these guys because oh, I only want to fight McGregor. Like, just treat the interim belt, and I know John Jones, like if a man wins the belt, I already had that comment, but at this point, the interim belt, McGregor's just not going back. The interim belt is the real belt. Aldo can just defend that one instead. So you know, it gets it gets tarnished, yeah. but at the same time, we yeah, have to yeah. find a way to hype up these guys that are at 145, because 145-pound yeah, division, yeah, if, if there's Aldo, killers If Aldo everywhere. wants to get McGregor, what he should do is go whoop the shit out of Pettis or the other guy you just mentioned. Then when, he gets, when he gets done with his fight, he calls out, that little bitch is in the locker I mean, he obviously speaks Brazilian in his voice, but that little bitch is in the locker room. Portuguese? They speak Portuguese in Brazil. Correct, correct. I knew that. But uh, so he's out there fucking. He yell like, "I want him." He's in the locker room. I'll fight him right now. But and then get McGregor a, fired up for that fight. It's a tough sell. I mean, you got to get because 145 pounds and 155. All the divisions of the UFC, especially now, it is MMA upcoming rise. I'm just finished. Uh, the MMA upcoming rise with the weight division. Every weight class is tough. There's such good fighters everywhere, from 145 to 205 to Brock Lesnar with his pumped up ass, everywhere. But the tough thing is selling the fights. There's guys at 145 that would be awesome if you could hype it the right way to fight Aldo. Fight at 145, not just McGregor at 155 versus Alvarez, not just Diaz, the trilogy fight. We just got to find a way to hype is the point The, the I'm crazy making. thing is sometimes in the moment you don't really realize how big what's going on is, but I think that the UFC might have captured Diaz versus McGregor is the same thing as almost like a, our, not as cool, but our form and Ali. Looking back on it, when you look at it, because eventually cage fighting is just going to be illegal because you're beating the shit out of people in a cage. So looking back on it, or it's going to get corrupt when Dana White goes away, something such like how boxing has, this is our big dramatic fighting rivalry. There hasn't been too many of them because they don't go back and forth. 
and like these guys can both chirp in each other's ear. And the USC realized that, and they just need to get back to the third one of those fights as fast as possible. It's a bigger. Aldo McGregor is going to make you money, but it's going to be pennies in comparison. You know what I mean? If it doesn't make dollars, it don't make it's sense. It's not ever going to happen now. So yeah. Well, he, I mean, it's like you said with the business aspect of it. If Connor goes back to 145, fights Aldo, and loses, what's he? What's he going to do from there? He's got to fight it. That would be a disaster. He, yeah, he's got to fight at featherweight and try and get that title back. If you haven't go to like, well, he could just abandon one forty five and go to one fifty five. Period. The fight question fight. I wanted to ask, though, and Tony would probably yeah, be but the he one wouldn't get ask, an automatic title shot. We're well, here. He gets an automatic title shot at life. What happens though? But this is the question that everyone wants to know, and I don't know the answer. You might is what now that this fight in the garden is going on. So McGregor, as far as one forty five, is just it. That that's it. That's just that's it. They haven't said anything about him relinquishing the belt. He has said that he plans on keeping the 145 belt, meaning that he's going to fight and he because he's saying he wants to be a two-division champ. So what's probably going to happen is they're going to have McGregor out there fight. He wins the fight. Like Jerry said, it makes the rematch with mm-hmm. Diaz that much bigger, and well, it's for the lightweight title. That's insane. What's Also, if he loses, it's no big deal. He's the, the 145 UFC, champ. He's still the 145 champ. Wow. Yeah, he's not going to fight at lightweight anymore, but he got the UFC got a huge payday there. Now they get another another big payday with that fight because they can have him fight then again for the one forty five time. I got a question. Do you oh. think that Diaz was offered the Alvarez fight and they could have done Aldo McGregor on this card and Diaz versus Alvarez for the belt, but Diaz said I'm only going to fight McGregor? Is, no, that's a good. That question. was that wasn't even an offer because that's what I would think you do, and then you could have if they both won, for example, then obviously McGregor go back to one fifty five for the third. But. And if the answer is no, because we see where all Diaz. I'm seeing is another fight where it's not McGregor Aldo or McGregor Diaz, which means we have another fight because I believe that Aldo and McGregor or. I believe McGregor will go back to 145. There's so much going on. It's, it's like, a, you remember those matrices we added to in middle school? It reminded me of that. But all the possibilities, I actually started to hurt my head and I love math. But uh, what I all I'm seeing is that I think McGregor's going to fight at 145 before he fights Diaz, the third one. And I don't want it to be so far down the line that these guys are a shell of themselves. So whoever wants to, between you two, because it's not going to be me, between you two, whoever wants to bottom line this thing, put it this way. I, I don't think I no, can. No, no, but... Attempt, Tony. attempt to Tony, bottom line it as far as the fights that are going to happen first, and the fights if and or or hypothetically second, because that's the question everyone wants to ask. And I know it's a tough, it's, it's kind of a puzzle of a question, but it's going to be McGregor Alvarez, Aldo and Diaz are still floating around. One forty five, one fifty five makes sense of it all because we don't have much time. Okay, and McGregor it's a lot. wins. Where does he go? Okay, that's if fair. McGregor wins. I think they go right to the Diaz rematch. So, that's so McGregor wins. He's a two-title champion, 145 and 55. I think at that point they'd say he's going to vacate 145, and that way then he fights Diaz at 155. If he wins, he's fighting at 155. If he loses to Diaz, then then they have him go back. He gets an automatic shot at 145 because he never lost. The 145 title, he just vacated it to stay at 155 for a little bit. So if he loses to Alvarez, he goes back to 145. If he wins, he fights Diaz. So if you lose to yeah. Alvarez, That's it's all good. It's all good, and you fight. So it's a- You go back to 145, yeah. defend your belt 145. That's still a tough sell to me. I mean, I, I would sell. That's still that, that's shady to me. Anyone who has a brain can yeah, I, recognize I, I that. I personally think my idea of Aldo McGregor on this car with Diaz uh, 
Diaz Alvarez on this card, then in a perfect world, they both win. Well, yeah, him. it was a great business move. I mean, I, that's what I would like it. to see, but I don't. I, I don't. Maybe Dana White's moving Jesus, away from the I mean, Diaz McGregor thing. I really don't know, but we it's a see. tongue twister. It's a it's tongue twister. So many possibilities. I you know, I like it. I dig it. Honestly, this kind of thing gets me a little more excited than most of the fights. Sometimes I see some of the boring shit. With I dig like, the drama. I like, dig the build up. The, this conversation, I believe, is more exciting than the Lesnar uh, Mark Hunt fight, personally. Well, for sure. You know, you got a WWE star, and that's a whole other thing. But this is way more exciting because if you're a true fan, I mean, and they're uprising. UFC fans are coming up as we speak. You know, it's coming up. And it's this almost is drama. Like kind of a revival, too, because it was really it big. It is a when, revival. It was big when Silva was uh, big, and they still had fights sort where of. people cared. It was, I mean, that was when I was at its prime. But then when GSP and Silva started going downhill, UFC went downhill. And now we get this new generation of superstars. And we got guys who can talk shit in the Diaz brothers. And business expanding. The and, gates are getting bigger. The gates are getting bigger. And speaking and bigger. of the Diaz brothers, uh, Nate Diaz actually just made a comment about uh, Eddie Alvarez, Conor McGregor, say, calling them both bitches, saying they're both afraid to fight him. And also telling, uh, D- saying that Dana White should get off Conor's nuts. Well, yeah, Dana White should get off Connor's nuts in the sense of like coming from a man-to-man perspective, but that's also a gravy train. That's like somebody winning the like, Kentucky Derby with their horse and being like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna run on my feet in the Preakness because it was me that won, not the horse." You know what I mean? Connor McGregor's yeah. the horse that Dana White's gonna ride to the Promised Land or some. I don't know if they have a sporting like commissioner Hall of Fame, but his name. Well, there is a UFC Hall of Fame and. In- Oh, Dana White's probably got his nip black on Dana White's all over it, probably. Okay. You might walk in the door and it's just Dana going, welcome to the UFC Hall of Fame. Okay, so can I say this? Is it fair to say, is it fair to say that you're not going to hear this kind of stuff everywhere, RSF, and you're not going to hear this kind of stuff every day, so you got to tune in. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. you gotta, you got to tune in because, like I said, the, the, we got the 204 coming up on the 8th of October. The 205, and then even what we're just talking about right now, there's more to come going into to 2017. So you got to tune in. What do you got? Uh, right? You just said, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I got one last You got to follow up. I agree with you. One last thing before we close this out here, but uh, so you just said that uh, Diaz wasn't offered the Alvarez fight? Correct. That's why he's bitter. So he yeah. probably, you're saying he would have taken it, though, if he was offered? Oh, yeah. If you're coming off a loss and offered a title fight, you're going to take a title fight. Well, he's fight. spouting off saying, I'm not doing shit until unless, the McGregor. Unless Dana is so. It's hard to say. Such speculate. a good scout of talent. And this is one of my conspiracy t- theories. Grab your tinfoil hat here. But, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> maybe Dana knows that McGregor matches up really well with Alvarez, has a good shot at beating him. But. Can we predict that D- before we get Diaz, off the air? Uh, yeah, yeah. Diaz's main. Um, Claim to fame, sort of what he's famous for is losing the big one. But Diaz matches up really well against McGregor because he can't get knocked out. But when he. Diaz never held the belt. You know what I mean? McGregor has. In terms of fighting prowess, McGregor's obviously better. But matchup wise, Diaz has McGregor. Maybe McGregor has Alvarez. And the long term yeah, plan. Yeah, I, I think McGregor Alvarez is a good matchup for McGregor. Definitely a lot better than Dosanya. I've never seen Alvarez fight, so I'm I not going to pick the fight personally. But I think that Alvarez is in for a world of pain. At least I do too, uh, and that's that's where we'll have to end it. We'll go around. I'll start. Uh, whoever wants to go next can go. I think that just looking here with the bird's eye view, I think that looking back on the McGregor Diaz two fight, the one that just happened um, with that takedown defense, with the uh, the questions answered as far as cardiovascular and all that stuff goes, and um, and all the all the drama that went with McGregor and the questions about his game. 
he's faced wrestlers with Mendez, the you know the panicked wrestler, all that stuff. I think that McGregor will be in just as good a shape. I think he'll be in just as good of tip-top form. And uh, I think Alvarez is kind of fame hunting a little bit. The way I I still have to listen to more of his talk and the buildup, but I think he's kind of poaching, trolling, and I think McGregor will will TKO him. But uh, that's just me. I, I reserve the right to change that opinion, but I think McGregor will TKO him in uh, in the earlier rounds, not the championship rounds, until, and win the belt. Until know. I see some tape, I'm not going to make a prediction because I've literally never seen Eddie well, Alvarez fight. You. I thought we were just doing it off no, the spot. But but I've never seen him fight, so I can't make it. You've probably seen Eddie Alvarez fight. You know more than me, but I don't know. I've never seen the guy fight. I, don't, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup right now. But I do know McGregor knocked Diaz at. down like four or five times at least, and Diaz has a great chin. So I will predict that fucking Alvarez is going to get, you know, some kind of head caved in, but he might be able to sneak and choke him out. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. Tony, I want to hear your thing. You're, you're, you're the, this is the this, final grand this finale. Is, this is your prediction, then pay the bills. This is the grand finale, Tony, All right. so get your fireworks ready. So Get your popcorn ready. For me, I mean. Shout out to my real Africans. Alvarez is a guy who I think is very well-rounded, is above average in a lot of areas, but doesn't excel in any one area. Even though 15 of his 28 wins are by knockout, I don't think that he will be able to knock out McGregor. Also, in a lot of Alvarez's fights that he has won, it's been there's been a lot of stand-up exchanges, and he's gotten rocked and then rallied later on in the fight to win the fight. His first fight, Alvarez's first fight in the UFC was against Donald Cerrone, where Donald Cerrone used crisper striking basically to outstrike him. And win a unanimous decision. So, therefore, I definitely think Conor will win. And because Alvarez has gotten rocked in the past, I think it'll probably be knockout. I would say first or second round. Well, there you have it, people. We we reserve the right to talk about this again, and we will only here on RSF. Tony, you got to pay some bills because we had a lot of bills to pay after today. <laughs> yep. So, if you enjoyed the show... Like us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash RSF podcast. You can find us on Instagram by searching revolutionary sports front. Uh, you can email comments to the show at revolutionary sports front at gmail.com. Just comment on our Facebook page. Also, you can go to our website, revolutionary sports front.com. Leave us comments there as well. Listen to the episodes there. Also, to listen to the episodes, they're available on iTunes and Stitcher, where you can subscribe to the show, so the latest episodes will be downloaded automatically to your smartphone, so have them there as soon as you want to listen to them. Thank you for being a part of the sports revolution, and we're out of here, and in honor of what Jerry said earlier, dicks out for Harambe!